There's good seed and there's bad seed. The Bible talks about the tares and the wheat. Jesus spoke of this. And now today, mystery seeds showing up from China. But there's a warning out to people. Don't plant the seeds. In the early days of COVID, my wife and I ordered tomato seeds from Amazon. Later, we found a nursery to buy young plants to grow in our garden. Once we had the plants, we canceled seeds from Amazon. But a month later, a strange-looking packet of seeds showed up at our door from China. We threw them away. But now mystery seeds are showing up in mailboxes, uninvited from Asia. Across the U.S. and Canada, the warning has sounded. Most packets are unidentified. Maybe a scam? Will these seeds grow into a beanstalk? Or something worse? I'm reminded of spiritual seeds planted. The gospel seed starts small, but grows large in our hearts. Good seeds by far. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And all week, we're looking at the gospel, according to Joseph. Are you a checkers Christian or a chess Christian? A strange question, I know. The goal in the game of checkers is to get powerful pieces to take over the board. But in chess, sometimes the most powerful move is to give up your best piece. That's what it's like to belong to Christ's kingdom. His word and his love turn our understanding of power and riches on its head. And we see this played out in the life of Joseph. Yesterday, we ended with Joseph in prison. Potiphar's wife lied about him and had him sent off to jail. What a lowly place to be, but the Lord was with him. Twice in Joseph's story, we see horrible things happen to him. Sold into slavery, then sent off to prison, and both times he was the righteous one. But the Lord was with him. And on this program, in these next few minutes, we're going to see how our great God can redeem the most evil and horrible times in our lives and use them for his good. That's what happened in the life of Jeremy Camp. We've been hearing about his story this week. It's also found in the new movie called I Still Believe, a movie made by the talented filmmaking brothers, the Irwins. And a couple of days ago, I asked John Irwin why so many good Christian movies have come out in just the last couple of years. I'm a part of a conspiracy of friends that have been dreaming of a moment where we can really re-engage Hollywood with Christianity and get Christians you know, embedded back into, we're just so underrepresented inside the business. And uh, we've long looked at that hill with the Hollywood sign on it, like <laughs> Caleb in the Bible, who says, give me this mountain, you know? <laughs> and I would just say there's, there's more opportunity for that now. Hi. Hi. If you're free, I'll be at the beach. It's a date. What? You literally just asked me out. We'll see. Thank you. Hey, man. I was wondering if I could ask you some questions about how to make it. That's not about making it. That's about what our songs give people. What do you want to give people? Just a blank tape. And we can turn that into your demo. You got this. God has chosen something bigger for you. I have something to tell you. You're going to be healed. Can we do something for the most special person in my life tonight? 
Can we pray for her? A day with no more pain. Your music pulls that closer. I'm proud of you. With five number one hit singles, he has a story to tell. I still believe. Just one person's life's changed. I still believe. And it's worth it. I still believe. The Just Out I Still Believe movie, based on musician Jeremy Camp's story. Now, I know there is some stigma out there that Christian movies can be a little cheesy and just not that well made. But when my wife Janet and I recently watched this film, we were surprised. Just like their film, I can only imagine. This movie is well shot with phenomenal acting, but even better. It brings to life the true life story of Jeremy and Melissa Camp as she struggled with cancer and even as his career was just beginning to launch. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of their story found on this brand new DVD called I Still Believe. Yes, there are a few tear-jerking moments. Overall, I was encouraged to see how their faith in Christ gave them the power of hope. And that's something all of us need. Our number to call after the program for a copy is 800 654 2836 Or you can go online and watch the trailer and a clip from the movie and then make your gift to the ministry and we'll get a copy on its way. Just go to haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's get the program started with a song by Jeremy Kent. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death Perfect love is casting out fear And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life I won't turn back, I know you are near And I will feel no evil For my God is with Coming 
this haven today and the gospel according to Joseph. My kingdom is not of this world. That's what Jesus said to the man who was deciding whether to release him or send him off to be crucified. Pontius Pilate was a powerful man with a lot of authority, and he expected Jesus to beg for his life, to prove that he was innocent, to convince him to let him go. But ironically, Jesus would not do that. He couldn't do that. Why? Not because he was a king of a far greater kingdom than Pilate, but because in Jesus' world, power doesn't work the same. Pilate was playing checkers, where the only goal is to get powerful pieces to take over the board. Jesus was playing chess, where sometimes the most powerful move is to give up your best piece. And that's what it's like to belong to Christ's kingdom. His word, as well as his love, turn our understanding of power and riches on their head. But what does that actually look like? Well, it looks like the end of the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. Our series, The Gospel According to Joseph, and what we see when we read the end of the story is that the love of the Lord changes the way we love others. It changes the way we use our status or power in this world. Yesterday, we ended with Joseph landing in prison. Potiphar's wife lied about him and had him sent off. Joseph's life was in a downward spiral, from being his father's favorite son to being a despised and disgraced prisoner. But the story reminds us all along, the Lord was with him. Everywhere Joseph went, he was used by the Lord to bring success. That was true in prison as well. And eventually Joseph made an impression on Pharaoh. The king, Pharaoh, let him out of prison. And Joseph went on to become second in command of a country. Rags to riches. Joseph went from being a slave, unable to determine his own life, to the second most powerful person in the world of that day. What would happen if Joseph ever met his brothers? The ones who betrayed him, almost killed him and sold him off into slavery. I can tell you what Pontius Pilate would have done. 
Pilate loved his power. He was known for being particularly brutal if someone challenged him or undermined his Roman authority. Pilate would have had his brothers sent off to be killed. He would have exacted revenge, but not Joseph. Listen to part of the story from Genesis 42. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Joseph said to them, Do this, and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison, while the rest of you go and take grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me, so that your words may be verified, and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. And then, continuing in Genesis 42 at verse 21, they said to one another, Surely we're being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. Reuben replied, Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They didn't realize that Joseph, sitting there in front of them, could understand them, since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep, but then came back and spoke to them again. That's a bit of the story of Joseph with his brothers in Genesis 42. I'm Charles Morris. If you joined us late, this is a program called The Gospel According to Joseph on Haven Today. Joseph could have simply had his brothers put to death. He could have sent them away with nothing and left them to die. But he couldn't bring himself to be harsh with them for long. He broke down and cried. Family reunions can be a sad occasion, can't they? Especially if there's been some serious sin in the past, the last thing we want to do is spend time together. Joseph could relate. But seeing his brothers reminded him of his home, his father, his younger brother Benjamin. It made him long for home. The power he had gained in Egypt didn't turn him into a vindictive man. Instead, he used his power to make sure his brothers had more than enough food without paying for it. He brought his family out of the famine. He made sure they had a place in one of the nicest spots in all of Egypt. When he saw his family, he wept. Joseph made the powerful move, and that was to give up his rights of revenge and to love his family, his brothers, by providing for them and protecting them. Sound a little familiar? It should. It should remind you of Jesus, the most powerful. He gave up his rights, and when he saw how far we had strayed like sheep without a shepherd, he cried. He went on to the cross, giving up his own life to make sure we are forever loved and protected. His kingdom is not like the kingdoms of this world. We need to hear this in our day more than ever. Power is not the goal. Staying in power cannot be our mission. Too many today think that if their political desires aren't met, then the kingdom of God is in trouble. Well, don't forget, Jesus is the king. He's building his kingdom even today. He doesn't need our vote. He doesn't need our money. We don't need power or control to be useful to him. Joseph had all the power in the world of that day, but he used it to love his family 
even though they didn't deserve it. And you know what? That kind of love led his brothers to repent. And Joseph was able to speak words of comfort and forgiveness. He saw the bigger picture. Remember the line from Genesis? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. They were scared that Joseph might hold a grudge after all. But the Lord's kingdom is not like our kingdoms. Joseph refused to give in to the temptation of vengeance. Christ refused to play politics, too. He gave up his power to save us, and he calls us to use our rights, to use our freedoms and our status to serve others in need. He calls us to play chess, not checkers, to use power wisely, not to pursue power at all costs. This is what it means to be a citizen first of Christ's kingdom. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we hear the story of Joseph. We hear how it ends. It's a happy ending. It's a sweet ending. It's an ending that gives glory to you. Not just from Joseph, but also from his brothers as they repented. Their father, his younger brother being able to join them. A safe place to live for a season. All of us need a safe place to live right now. But we can't find any safety apart from you. In a COVID-19 summer, safety is only found at the cross and in fellowship that goes on every day with you. Thank you for grace. Would you give us more grace, even today? And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior. Amen.
saves, raise a shout to let all the world know that Jesus saves. Jeremy Camp from an album We Cry Out That's Jesus Saves here on Haven Today and a program called The Gospel According to Joseph. What a career Jeremy Camp has had the last couple of decades. 37 number one hits. You heard me, 37. He's sold over four and a half million albums and he's played his music to millions around the world. But do you know what I'd love about him? He thinks of himself first and foremost as a minister who happens to play music. And that heart of ministry was tempered just as his career was beginning. And his first wife was suffering from cancer. He says it was the hardest trial he's ever faced, but the peace of God was able to give him hope. And after watching the new movie based on that season of his life, I believe that the movie I still believe is a movie we all need to watch. Jeremy remarried, and now he has a family with Adrian Camp, a South African Christian musician, and she agrees about the message of hope found in this movie. I think it's got such a strong message of hope, you know, and I think that there's so many people that are going through hard things, and who doesn't want to have something that's authentic, because it's easy to say, life is great, you know what I mean? But it isn't sometimes, and so for there to be a message that people can really grab a hold onto that is real, but it's hopeful. I think it's powerful, you know? Yes. You're reliving your past. All the wounds are coming back. All the op- all the emotions are flooding back to you. So what was your initial reaction to watching the film? Um, that's exactly what it was. It was bringing back all those emotions. And, you know, there was moments where I literally, you know, I had to, had to walk out of the room, you know, because I broke down. And my wife, who's so amazing, came and we just, I cried on her shoulder, you know? And so the reality of the difficult thing that was brought up again was was real but I see the result of that how you know people have been so touched by the film and so it's worth it it's worth it to show to have those difficult times worth it to have you know to share those moments again because it'll touch someone's life last question to you guys what does I still believe mean yeah that no matter what you may go through in your life I'm still going to trust in God with all my heart that's it I was going to say, I hate to steal Jeremy's words, but I think it means the same thing, that, you know, when struggles come and trials come, that we just have an anchor for our souls, you know. I still believe. That's Jeremy and Adrian Kemp speaking to Muse TV at the premiere of I Still Believe. I want to send you a copy of the DVD, I Still Believe, for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. And please... Think about how generous you can be to help us through these lean 
months of summer. So many of you have been responding, and thank you for those who have. I know this movie will bring you great hope in a COVID-19 summer. Here's what you need to do. Just call us right now, and the number to call is 800-654-2836. Or go online and watch the trailer and a clip from the movie that we've put up, and you can also make your gift there and ask for the DVD. Just head over to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story? It's the story that's all about Jesus. And that's the only story that counts. And we'll do it together here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What's the opposite of faith? Is it doubt? Well, maybe, but I think it goes deeper than that. If you listen carefully to the words of Jesus, you'll see there's something else present in the heart of someone who's lost their faith. In Mark chapter 4, the disciples were in a boat with Jesus far away from shore when a great storm came upon them. They were terrified until Jesus rebuked the storm and it became calm. And then Jesus said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, without faith, what we're left with is fear. But our fear can give way to faith if we behold the one who calms the storm with just a word. You can get your Anchor devotional delivered in print monthly at getanchor.com.